Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Yes, he did. He gives it to Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag. Fourth and goal. Ladies and gentlemen, what a week one of the NFL season did we have? I mean, what better way for football to return to us than getting a absolutely fantastic Thursday night game from getting a great slate of Sunday games than uh, I don't even know. I still don't know how to react to that Ravens Raiders game because, I mean, yeah, the most Raiders stuff happened. The Ravens look good. But then they looked awful, but then the Raiders looked good, and I I still can't wrap my head around what the hell went on there. I mean, Vegas is crazy. I think that's just safe to say, but we had some crazy things happen, uh, such as some, I mean, some real good overtime stuff. We had the Cardinals making an emphatic statement with their win over the Titans. We had the Chiefs staying dominant. We had the Packers. Look as bad as they almost ever have had ever have, and Aaron Rodgers with a just shocking performance. Is he taking the Packers? We're gonna to have to talk about that one. And Jameis Winston, the LASIK, has worked. Matt Stafford looked amazing against the Chicago Bears, but oh man, we got all that to talk about and more with our week one. NFL Breakdown. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, and we got a great list of topics to go over today, such as the biggest winners and losers of week one of the NFL season, some possible overreactions, or am I kind of on the spot with what I'm saying here? Um, we talk Trey Lance and Justin Fields along with the Packers, of course, and are the Cardinals playoff bound? Then we're going to finish things off with, of course, some power rankings, some predictions, and then none other than the Nene of the Week. And uh, uh, if you're a fan of the team, plug your ears, close your eyes, because I'm going to bring, be bringing up some uh, awful memories that just happened a number of days ago. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here today. Of course, if you're new, go ahead and follow us everywhere. Of course, um, the best place to see everything is at thefourthandlong.com for all of your NFL information, news, topics, videos. Go on over to thefourthandlong.com forward slash NFL. And of course, I'd be reminisced uh, if I forgot to leave out just a huge thank you to all the everyone that tuned into our preseason show to everyone that tune that keep on following us on on instagram and on twitter youtube the subscribers are up and so i really do appreciate everything that you do for us and also a huge shout out to our patrons of course we'll get a bigger shout out them at the end of the show like usual but if you want to become a member and the best way to support the show if you know if you listen to our ufc stuff i mean my man blake he, he's wanting that paycheck. You, you could see the sadness in his eyes. So one way to help is just starting at a dollar a month. You can go on over to our Patreon. And that is patreon.com forward slash fourth and long. And hey, just a dollar a month. Just a dollar a month. And that's all it does to help us keep pumping out this tremendous content. And something to be looking forward to later this week as well is a interview we finally got our first in-person interview. I went and got invited to a MMA gym of a local fighter. Um, Jared Melton, lean, mean, killing machine. Dude's undefeated. And he has a fight coming up. And it's a really great story. Some crazy stuff that you need to hear. That will be dropping later this week. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get on into our biggest winners of week one of the NFL season. And... I just got a shout out the man that's seemingly been through everything. He's been traded. He's been cut. He's been replaced. He's been stabbed in the freaking lungs by a crazy ass teen doctor. That's Tyrod, Tyrod, 
Taylor, and he had one of the best games of his career with the Texans. He's named their starter. He's he's the start name the start over Deshaun Watson. Now we don't need to go into the probably the whys and the biggest reasons why he's the starter of this team over Deshaun Watson, but he is. And he put up a couple tutters, put some good yards, just looked great as he led the Texans to almost a shocking win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, we're going to have some things to say about the Jags, particularly pertaining to the urban legend, Meyer. Next winner was the Western Divisions because you had the AFC West and the NFC West. They combined for 8-0. They were both perfect on the day. Of course, over there in the AFC West, you had the Broncos getting a really solid win over the Giants. You had the Raiders beating the Ravens in overtime on Monday night. You had the Kansas City Chiefs with their... I mean, I was kind of surprised when I saw this, but believe it or not, it was their defense that comes up clutch late in the game to secure a win over the Cleveland Browns. And then, of course, you had the Chargers with a solid game over and winning uh, against the Washington football team in Washington. And, uh, I mean, bad day for Washington, bad day for some of those fans on there with some sewage leaking on them. I, I really hope you saw that because that's uh, disgusting. I guess that's what happens when you don't have a name to for their team or if you're just an organization that's ran by Dan Snyder. Take whatever option that you will. And then over in the NFC West, of course, it was the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it looked like they were going to get a huge win over the Lions, but they almost blow it. But then they're able to, to you know, settle things down. They get the win there. You had the Rams getting a really solid win on Monday or, excuse me, Sunday night football. Matthew Stafford made his debut with the Rams. And, man, he looks like a MVP candidate. And some of you may be surprised. I'm not. I saw this thing coming the whole way. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, along with a lot of other people, so I can't take too much credit there on that take. But then we also, of course, had the, um, we had the, um, excuse me, the Seahawks. They look good against the Colts. And, I mean, one of the most surprising wins, I think, of the week, the Arizona Cardinals looked fan-frickin-tastic. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Chandler Jones, they all looked amazing, and they made that star-studded Titans offense look like some chumps. Of course, we'll be talking about the Cardinals here a little bit later. And then the last true winner of the week, I would say the Chargers offensive line, and more specifically, Rashawn Slater, because that rookie offensive tackle, there is all this up about Penny Sewell. I'm, I still am a firm believer in Sewell, but coming off the best tackle, best offensive lineman taken in the draft so far is Rashawn Slater, and he made one hell of a debut because he has 49 pass blocking snaps. He gives up zero sacks, zero QB hits, zero QB pressures, and zero quarterback hurries. That was against Chase Young and that really solid front seven of the Washington football team. And the offensive line as a whole, they only give up two sacks and five quarterback hits. And if they're able to keep this up, Justin Herbert is going to have an even better season than he did last year. And if they could stay healthy, man, the Chargers might finally have an offensive line. That's been one of the things that's been hurting them recently. That's why they haven't really, a big reason at least, why they haven't had ultimately success in the season. They've had regular, fairly enough regular season success, nothing They've made have a couple of playoff appearances, haven't really been able to make any deep runs, but if they keep this going, man, you just might be able to see that. And let's talk losers. And I think the biggest loser has to be Urban Meyer because in his head coaching debut of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he makes his return to football after retiring um, after a really solid tenure at Ohio State. Man, first of all, it's just a really bad weekend for Ohio because the is is a state because they, you know, Ohio State gets upset by the Oregon Ducks. They possibly lose some recruits there. The Browns lose in devastating fashion, and then you have Urban Meyer, one of the most legendary members that's and one of the most legendary people that's ever lived in the state of Ohio, 
oh man, he looks awful. And his Jacksonville Jaguars get blown out by one of, at least on paper, one of the worst teams in the league. And uh, for a guy that really it hasn't seemed to earn the respect of his players, the respect of uh, and maybe even some of his staff too, and at least the respect of the league and some of the, the league pundits, this was really not going to help his case here. I mean, this just destroys any like pro-Urban Meyer argument, and he's already digging himself into a super deep hole. And there's something we're going to have to talk about here in the next segment when we talk about possibly some overreactions here. Uh, but, man, not looking good. Really bad way to uh, to kind of start your tenure with the team. And it's not going to be any easier because in week two, they have the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos have a really solid defense against a Jaguars team that looked like it struggled and an offense that looked like it struggled. And that was one of the biggest concerns going into the season was how is this offense going to look? Then they end up losing Travis Etienne at the beginning of the year too. Oh man, it's um, it's a real bad look, real bad look if you're Urban Meyer right now. And my next loser in relation to uh, I guess the Cardinals team we're going to talk about, it's Ryan Tannehill because he goes out. He does not have a good game, but even worse, he gets stripped twice, and he gets sacked five times, let alone another handful of quarterback hits. He took a beating in this game, and he's going to be waking up with uh, some bruises. There's only so much that a rib protector can do, and Ryan Tannehill is a fairly big guy, too, but also, I mean, he's getting a little older. Might be a little hard to get out of bed in the morning. Oh, man, this was just such a tough game for Ryan Tannehill. Tough game for me, too, considering I have him in two fantasy football leagues. Saw how well that worked out for me. Also, I have A.J. Brown in one and Derrick Henry in one. Mmm. <laughs> Thank you, Tennessee. Yeah, you, you really helped me and did a lot of favors this weekend. Shout out to you guys. You, you better pick it up. And my third loser of the week, it goes to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Just because the Ravens lose. I mean, the Ravens, they're trying to be Super Bowl contenders. They're already getting destroyed in the in the offseason and the preseason because of all these injuries that keep happening. I mean, they're losing their time backfield. They're losing some, some defensive backs. It's just some really bad luck there for the Baltimore Ravens. And then they have a crushing defeat on Monday Night Football in the game where they didn't play great, but they still should have won. And then Lamar Jackson, a guy, I mean, one of the most criticized quarterbacks in the league for how good he is, for talent and criticism that that whole ratio he has going, he's he might be the top one there. And all he did was give almost more ammo to his critics in this game because although he still has a good game, about 220 yards passing in this one, about 80, 90 yards rushing in this one, has uh, passes for a touchdown. A decent game by all means. There's nothing bad about that. I wouldn't complain about that um, as a fan, as a coach, as a teammate, as a fantasy owner. Wouldn't wouldn't complain about that one. But he has a chance to lead the Ravens to a game winning um, to, to to like a game winning drive there um, late in overtime with about four minutes to go. But at his own 33, gets sacked, fumbles the football. Raiders get that ball they end up going and scoring the game winning touchdown right there um, on that next possession so like I said not a bad game for the Ravens Lamar Jackson an awful way to finish though you can't lose to the Raiders if you want to be legitimate contenders and if you want to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league you can't you at least normally you can't blow a potential game winning drive situation like this and if Lamar Jackson wants to develop into one of the league's top quarterbacks, and I mean, he's representing himself, but if he wants to be one of the bet, the higher-paid quarterbacks in the league, you can't do this. You ultimately have to do better there. I'm not putting all the blame on Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying that, it, at least from optics, it's not good. But before we get into our possible overreactions, or maybe I kind of got things right there, just, of course, want to make sure that you guys go on over, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter at 4th Long Radio, Instagram at 4th Long Radio. Post daily about eight times, eight to nine times a day there, and we do have a lot of fun, love interacting with all of you, so go ahead, make sure to check that stuff out. But like I said, 
week one, I mean, anytime. Preseason is really fun to overreact to anything we see. And it's always fun to, to maybe just draw some hot takes, um, or at least ones that seem hot, and then to go into those and, and to really analyze if they're as hot as you might think. And so we'd love to see, of course, as we go through this, we'd love to see whether you guys can comment um, on YouTube, we leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, or if you hit us up on, uh, on the socials about these, but we'd love to see your opinions on whether these are a little hot, or if you might actually want to look in this one a little deeper. And of course, the first one I'm going to say, bringing up the Cardinals, I mean, it's going to be a theme this, this week because you kind of have to talk about them. Of course, shout out to me because um, I said that, I mean, in our preview show, said that the Cardinals were going to be the most surprising team of the season and that the Green Bay Packers were going to be the most disappointing. It's only one week, but I'm kind of on track already. Um, so let's. the first one, of course, is... Um, uh, the first kind of reaction statement that I want to give you guys is that Chandler Jones has already wrapped up Defensive Player of the Year. And, that, I mean, it's a really great way. He's off to a great start. He's already um, has a he's um, has a three-sack lead on the second-place guys. I mean, Von Miller, they're in second, tied with Chris Jones, Javon Hargrave. And Michael um, Pierce of Minnesota, or of Kansas City, Philadelphia, Minnesota, uh, respectively, near Von Miller. Von Miller, of course, he had a really, really solid game in his uh, uh, first week back from a season-ending injury um, where he missed it going into the week one of last year towards Achilles. I mean, he <laughs> bulldozing dudes with power moves. He and dudes with some vicious spin moves, just some really, really great pass rushing moves. And Von Miller proving that he's still one of the best pass rushers in the league. Of course, it helps when you're going against a turnstile of an offensive line that the New York Giants have. But still a really good game for Von Miller nonetheless. But Chandler Jones, he really made a Pro Bowl in a level tackle. One of, the one of the better tackles in the league, a left tackle, Taylor Lewan. I mean... He looked awful. Let, let's be honest. He looked awful, and, and that was not. I mean, obviously, you got to blame Taylor a little bit there. He took all the blame himself. But Chandler Jones is just a freaking specimen, and he already has that. He had two forced fumbles to boot. He had a tackle, um, another tackle or two in that game as well. So, I mean, he's already kind of the leader on here. Some other contenders, of course, T.J. Watt. Didn't have a great game um, in week one. Von Miller, uh, I guess, is going to be up there with the, with the sacks. If you want to look at some other positions, uh, potentially with, um, I mean, interceptions as well. You, um, you got to take a look at um, all right, a number of guys that already have them. Uh, Christian Kirksey, Kevin uh, Baird, um, Jonathan Jones, Shaq Thompson, Jordan Lewis all have an interception there along with a bunch of others. So no one really stood out from there as well. No one stood out with the, the tackling. I mean, maybe besides Eric Kendricks, I see bags 15 in the first week, which is a really good pace that he's on. Bobby Wagner right there with 13. But obviously, sacks stand out the most to voters, to fans to other players and opposing teams. So a five-sack game is arguably as good as a 25-tackle, 25 to 30-tackle game. And so I really like this. Eric Hendricks, um, you know, again, closer, but 15 tackles is not five sacks. Chandler Jones, to me, he, I wouldn't say he's wrapped it up, but, man, he's already off to insane pace, and it's going to be hard to catch that man. Next one is that Urban Meyer isn't making it to the bye week and now with this oh man like i mean i already kind of lambasted urban meyer um a decent amount when we we're talking a little bit earlier in the show but man for if you're urban meyer this you already mm, mm, i think i might go there i think i might say that urban meyer is already on the hottest seat of any coach in the league. Already there. Even harder than Joe Judge. Because I don't know if they really expect too much out of Joe Judge. Joe Judge there in, in New York ultimately. I know um, John Gruden was on the hot seat as well. Um, I mean Vic Vangio was on the hot seat. But he got off to a good start. The Broncos get their first win in September. In years Vic Vangio gets his first 
win in September is a head coach in general. Um, and then the Jags, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Urban Meyer there in Jacksonville. They have one of the greatest quarterback prospects ever. They have a solid offense there, James Robinson, a good a good offensive line, uh, LaVisca Chenault, and then a pretty good defense there as well. You expect them to, to win some games. And you expect them to not be 1-15 in 15 like you were last year or be a 1-1 team at least. You probably expect them. You want them to at least win six games. I don't think that's a crazy margin to give the Jags. Um, maybe five, five to six. That's not crazy. If you don't reach that, honestly, that the season looks like a huge disappointment. And his schedule is not getting any easier after Houston. Of course, their bye week is week seven. They still have five more games to go until then. If you take a look at the lineup, it's a home game against Denver, a home game against Arizona, and Cincinnati, a home game against Tennessee, and a home game against Miami, technically, because that one is going to be in London. Um, so, not really a home game, but you understand there. Denver, great defense. That offense should see a lot of success against that um, Jags defense. Arizona, obviously a fantastic defense and an equally fantastic offense. Cincinnati, surprised a lot of people. They get a win over, I mean, not the best Vikings team, but a solid team nonetheless. And they look good. Joe Burrow and and that um, Joe Burrow looked great in his return. And for a receiver that was, I, I mean, putting out quotes saying that it's hard to, it's hard to see the uh, NFL football compared to a college one. He's already looking like one of the best wide receivers of the draft, and there is a reason that he was uh, taken that early. Um, and so, I mean, Jamar Chase, man, what a way to make a statement. Uh, I mean, a couple huge plays in that game. And that Joe Burrow um, and Chase connection, it's already there. It's almost like they never even left LSU. And then after that, you're going to have the Tennessee Titans, which, of course, didn't look great against the Cardinals, but still a team with a lot of talent. Uh, um, should have a good enough defense there. I mean, that's going to be a tough test for the Jags. Divisional games are always tough. And then the Miami Dolphins, who got a good win over the Patriots this weekend, and they're looking like they could be a solid team. They're a playoff contender. So that's a tough one as well. So there's a very, very good chance that the Jags go into the bye week 0-6 and then coming out of the bye week they got Seattle they got Buffalo they got Indianapolis they got San Francisco and they really don't have like I guess a winnable game if you really want to call it that till week 12 against Atlanta Falcons so if you look at that the Jags could be 0-11 and and a 6 and they'll have to win out to make it to that 6-11 and that that will look good they'll have to only lose one game if they want to make it to that 5-11 at least if you're or 5-12 and if you're 4-13 this season if you're 3-14 this season I mean Urban Meyer I know Eric um, Miami is looking like the leader for the uh, for the USC job, but Urban Meyer <laughs> might be going running back to college already after the season. He needs to win, but it's a very tough schedule that he has to go against. And of course, uh, I think one of my least uh, debatable ones here, um, maybe one of my lar- my largest overreaction of the week, might just be that. Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he goes out and uh, he actually has the best passer rating of any quarterback this week. He um, gets some good deep shots there. He would have had like a 60-yard touchdown pass if KJ Hamler didn't drop in the end zone. He had some. Uh, he was really efficient with the football, made a lot of veteran moves, escaped pressure a couple of times, avoided the sack, and got the good play out of it. And he looked rock solid, and obviously... Aaron Rodgers did not. We'll go more into the Packers here in our next segment. But, hey, all I'm saying, I'm just working with the stats that in, in the performances and the film that I have available this season. And so far, Teddy Bridgewater has looked like years better than Aaron Rodgers. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have two interceptions. In fact, he has two touchdowns. Just saying. Just saying, don't kill the messenger. <laughs> of course, this is, this is an overreaction, but uh, it's a fun one. Uh, the other two, though, Urban Meyer uh, might not be making the, the, the bye week. 
I think that it's an overreaction, but I still think there's a really good chance that he doesn't coach uh, for the Jags or any NFL team next season. Of course, Chandler Jones, Rapion Defensive Player of the Year, is overreaction. There's still 16 games to go, but he's a clear leader and clear favorite already after week one. You bet your ass he is. Ooh, boy, man. Love, I always love me some hot takes here. A lot of really good stuff going on. Of course, we roll into some of the stories with uh, between Trey Lance and Justin Fields. The Packers might be done already. And the Cardinals being playoff bound. Just got to uh, say huge thank you to our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. And for all your sports prop betting needs, the best place to do it. And one of the easiest ways to get into betting if you haven't yet is with Thrive Fantasy. Um, download the app at the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, or you can go on over to, like I said, thrivefantasy.com. And the fantastic thing is that if you use promo code 4th and long on deposits $20 and on deposits up to $50, they will match you dollar per dollar. That's essentially 50 free bucks of betting money right there. So go out, get started today. Uh, links are everywhere. Go ahead. Um, their link is over on our website as well, thefourthandlong.com. So go ahead, get started today. Super easy, super fun, and a good way to add maybe a little bit more excitement to the NFL season, even though might not really need it if we're being honest here. But let's roll into a few things I want to talk about. Some of my bigger takeaways from week one of the NFL season. And got to talk about with the weird situation that Trey Lance and Justin Fields are in. Of course, Justin Fields, he was my favorite. He's my favorite quarterback heading out of the preseason and into the regular season. He just looked great for the Chicago Bears, and he should have been the starter. Trey Lance, one of the worst of the five first. He is the worst looking five of, of the five first round uh, quarterbacks. Or excuse me, let me let me reword this a little bit better. He's the worst-looking of the five quarterbacks taken in the first round of the most recent NFL draft. See, that's a lot better, Ross. Good job. Trey Lance, uh, kind of disappointing a lot of people. Justin Fields, over-exceeded expectations, at least mine and in, in, uh, many uh, of everyone around the league. And they had some weird scenarios here in their games this week. Of course, Trey Lance, he goes in for one play. He's one for one, five yards, and a touchdown. Justin Fields is in for a handful, for a few plays. He goes two for two for 10 yards and a three-yard rushing touchdown. So both guys in for a very limited amount of time. And they both score a touchdown. But then they both go back. I mean, the Niners ultimately with Jimmy Garoppolo there, it it, it almost wasn't awful. Um, he didn't have a bad game by by any stretch of the imagination. 17 for 25, 314 yards, touchdown. But he did have a fumble, though. He was able to recover from that. Jimmy G looked real shaky early, but then he kind of gained confidence, I would say, throughout the game and um, and really got going there. I mean, Dubo Samuel getting into the game, George Kittle getting into the game. And so they he looked good. He looked good. A quarterback that did not look good, though, was Andy Dalton. 27 for 38, 206 yards, no touchdowns, an interception. And, I mean, first off, you're not going to win very many games when Andy Dalton is having to throw the ball 38 times. I understand if you're the Cowboys and Dak Prescott has to throw nearly 50 times. He's a great quarterback, so you can let him do that. You can't, no, and you're not going to win the freaking game with Andy Dalton. Of course, it was a, pretty much an unwinnable situation with their game against the Rams, a very good team there. And obviously, the Bears are not a very good team. But that that's not going to work there. And Justin Fields really should have taken over at halftime at the least. It was just weird to see the quarterbacks put these guys in. I mean, Jimmy G uh, fumbles and Justin Fields uh, goes right in. And... I mean, Andy Dalton doesn't look great. They get to the red zone. They put Justin, the Bears put Justin Fields in. He gets him a touchdown. Then they don't really do anything with that. And the Niners situation is forgivable just because Jimmy G ended up looking good that game. So I'm okay with what Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco 49ers said. I have no no disagreement with their coaching decisions there. I thought it was fine. Obviously, they're able to win the game as well. But if you're the Bears, there is only two things you have to do right now first off start justin fields second off fire matt Nagy because you're not going to be doing jack with matt as long as matt Nagy is a head coach there i mean 
Justin Fields needs to be the starter. If you want to win football games, if you're trying to prove anything, especially if you're Matt Nagy, you're fighting for your job right now. You're not going to keep your job by having Andy Dalton start for your football team. You're just not. You almost have a better chance with Nick freaking Foles sometimes. Justin Fields needs to be the starter for his team. He needs to be the starter. He should have been the starter yesterday, um, uh, on Sunday. He should have been the starter, named the starter the week going into Sunday. He should have been named the starter after week three, week two of the NFL preseason, for crying out loud. And the thing is, so he has to be the starter if you want to see success on the team. But also, you have to fire Matt Nagy because as long as Matt Nagy is there, the ceiling of Justin Fields gets lower and lower and lower as long as Matt Nagy is the head coach in Chicago, Justin Fields will never be able to reach his real potential there. You need to bring someone in that could actually help him succeed, that could help that team succeed, help that organization city succeed. It's not Matt Nagy. It has been Matt Nagy for a few years now. The incompetence of the head office, the front office of the Chicago Bears is baffling. I have no idea why they keep Matt Nagy around. Matt Nagy has to have like some sort of blackmail on them for him to not be fired by now. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. It's one of the worst things in the league right now. And obviously, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here because I get really into this. And I truly believe this. I just want to see Justin Fields be a good quarterback. I want David Montgomery to do well for my fantasy team. Is that too much to ask for? Is it? Obviously, I guess, but... I really don't think it is. Chicago. It's not a hard decision. It's not a tough decision. I don't know why it's taking you this long. Pull the trigger. Get him out of there. Start Justin Fields. Win some football games. That's what's about, right? Winning football games. Go do that. Now, speaking of winning football games, or I guess not winning football games, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. They go out in week one. They lose to the Saints 38-3. to You had famous Jameis. I mean, no more famous Jameis turnovers anymore. You have famous Jameis Tutters because that LASIK, man, that LASIK proved lethal. He puts up five touchdowns on the game, and he looks great. I mean, another thing, trying to, I know it's week one, but I'm still going to pat myself on the back for it. I'm going back in January saying that the Saints need to start Jameis Winston. Going into the season, I was saying that the Saints' ceiling is going to be way higher than it ever was with Drew Brees. And they proved my point in week one because they beat up on a, on a really talented Green Bay team. A Green Bay team that has one of the best defenses it's seen maybe um, in a decade, quite possibly. Aaron Rodgers coming off a uh, MVP caliber, an MVP season. And and they go out and they just kind of crap the bed in this one against a Saints team that seemed to be almost that seemed to be hurting after the loss of Drew Brees. That seemed to be hurting after loss of some defensive players. They they seem to be reeling. They didn't seem to be as good as the Saints team of old, or at least that was that's what people thought. I guess we're wrong, and I guess the Packers just a really bad team, or it was just one week. Obviously, there's a lot of season left. We're gonna wait and see. But it's the stars for the Green Bay Packers that go absolutely quiet. Aaron Rodgers, 15 for 28, 133 yards, and two interceptions. No touchdowns on the day, of course. And he had five interceptions all season in 2020. He also had a red zone interception um, in this one as well. And one of my favorite stats of the week is that if you're a quarterback and every snap of the game, you go out there and you just immediately throw the ball into the ground, you end up with a 39.6 passer rating. Aaron Rodgers ended with a 32.8 passer rating. Literally, yet you have to to try to get something that bad. I mean, and then Aaron Jones. Oh, Aaron Jones looking real good for my fantasy team in one of my leagues. Five carries, two receptions, 22 total yards on the day. And Devonta Adams, one of the most electric wide receivers in the league. Another guy like Aaron Rodgers that's likely out of Green Bay after this year. Five receptions, 56 yards. Obviously, that's not going to get it done. And one of the biggest questions that people are wondering, and a lot of people are I've seen on social media, on, on you know um, um, football sites, um, you know football shows, talking about is Rodgers purposely tanking the Green Bay Packers? And although I love the question, wouldn't that be such a, a badass thing to do if you're Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you go in. And you just kind of crap all over the franchise that you've been with your whole career on your way out. That 
one hell of a way to make your mark. But I just got to say, I, I know a lot of these people are, are joking um, when they say the same, or at least they're not fully serious. But there's a lot of people I've seen that are actually trying to defend this point and actually trying to say this. I, I, all I got to say is that if you're actually trying to defend the point and are serious and you actually believe that Aaron Rodgers is purposely tanking the Green Bay Packers, you're a moron. You're you're absolutely insane, and you're just saying this just to say it at this point. Because why would a multiple-time MVP, a Super Bowl winner, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, arguably at least until Patrick Mahomes stepped on the gridiron, the most talented quarterback of all time, purposely try to lose, make himself look bad in the process, and possibly ruin his legacy in the process as well. No, Aaron Rodgers isn't taking the Green Bay Packers. He just had a really bad game. I, I That's all you have to chalk it up to is Aaron Rodgers. He'll bounce back. He's a really damn good quarterback. He's not washed. He's not done. He's not retiring after the season. He just had a really, really bad game. That's all it was. It happens to the best quarterbacks. Tom Brady has had awful games. Joe Montana had awful games. Drew Brees has had awful games. John Elway has awful games. Peyton Manning had an awful season. Uh... <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to have bad games here. It just happens. He's They're going to be relatively fine this season. It's still a very winnable division there in the NFC North. No one in that division won. The Lions are the Lions. They look bad until late against the Niners. The Bears look bad the whole game against the uh, LA Rams. The Vikings lost to the Bengals in a, a fairly poor play game when even though Kind of got screwed. Maybe keep that in the back of your head. Hint, hint. Um, a little bit of foreshadowing there for you, all of you guys. But no, Aaron Rodgers not taking the team. Packers still going to win that division. The Vikings probably aren't going to win it. The, the Lions aren't winning it. The Bears aren't winning it. The Packers might as well win it by default. They can go ten and seven, win that division. They might be. Um, they might even be able to go. 9-8 and eight in still in that division. The Packers are going to be fine. They're not as bad as they look. But, oh boy, you you have to be ringing those alarm bells there in Green Bay. And the final thing I kind of want to talk about here is that, just want to ask the question, if the Arizona Cardinals are playoff bound after beating the Titans, <laughs> slaughtering the Titans, 38-13, to 13, in week one, of course, their defense shuts down a very potential. I think there's still be a, a really solid offensive team. You have to be with that kind of talent. But the Cardinals absolutely handled them this game. Derrick Henry finished with 58 yards. Ryan Tannehill finished with an interception and two fumbles. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones combined for seven receptions and 78 yards. All while Chandler Jones, of course, already mentioned him in this game. Five sacks, two forced fumbles, and... Just like I said earlier, made Pro Bowl offensive tackle Taylor Luan look absolutely abysmal. In that offense, I mean, let alone you can have a top three defense, you can even have a top three offense here. Wouldn't that be insane? No team's ever been able to do that. I don't think any team's ever been able to have a top five offense and a top five defense. The Cardinals are already off to a fantastic start. They might be one and one in both right now, to be honest. Uh, Kyler Murray. Five total touchdowns this game, four through the air, one on the ground. He looked great. He made defenders look silly, and he looked like a really, really damn good quarterback. And it also helps when you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins able to make some ridiculous toe-tap touchdown grabs in the back of the end zone. Him and Christian Kirk look great. They combined for a four touchdowns this game, two apiece. And a, um, not it wasn't a fantastic performance, but it was a really solid um it was a solid day for your free run back backfield. Chase Edmonds and, um, and, and James Conner, they look good. And they also helped out a lot in the past game, too. Uh, the offense is extremely explosive. They have talent all over the football field, and they have a really good defensive backup. I didn't even have to mention J.J. Watt there. Uh, I hardly even had to mention Buda Baker. Of course, still had a good game. Um, Isaiah Simmons, their draft pick from last year, he looked good. He had an interception in this one. The Cardinals are a... Are a Full team from special teams to defense to offense. This is a very scary team, and they. Uh, it, it, I think right now the odds are plus five hundred for them to win the division. If I was a betting man, if I had money to spend, shoot, man, I might just bet on the Arizona. If, I, if someone gave me a hundred bucks to 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 bet, 
I might be throwing that on the Arizona Cardinals this year. Make yourself some money if you want a really, really good underdog bet there. And the thing about the playoffs, so to answer the question, if they're, if they're playoff bound, it's still going to be extremely tough. They, I, they, I had them making the playoffs in my preseason. I still have them making the playoffs here. I the, the Rams, the C, the um, Los Angeles, or uh, excuse me, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers, they all look better than the Seahawks. I still am not sold on the Seahawks um, making the playoffs this year, but I still wouldn't be surprised if all four of those teams make the playoffs. I would have the Cardinals make them. They are the better team than the Seattle Seahawks right now. Um, they're probably a better team than the San Francisco 49ers right now. And, man, I really want to see them against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, of course, we get that game. Looks like week four, they'll be in L.A., so circle that on, uh, one on your on your calendars there because that's going to be a really, really important and also a really, really damn good game of football. So the Cardinals, I, I still 100% believe they're playoff bound. If anything, they are have a better chance to win the division than just make the wild card. Like I said, though, still a tough division, but they can definitely do it. They can definitely do it. And they had the best win against the best team of any of the other uh, three teams in, in their division this week as well. Uh, of course, you had Seahawks over the Colts. The Colts aren't as good for the team as the, as the Titans. Rams over the Bears. Bears are not as good as a team as the Titans. Niners over Lions. Lions are not as good as a team as the Tennessee Titans. So if you're a Cardinals fan, you got a really good season to look forward to here. Now, of course, just a few things left on the dock. Of course, with the um, take a look at some of the power rankings here um, for week two of the NFL season, we're going to take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs, or um, excuse me. So, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still top my list. Um, they were one and two going into week one. They're one and two going into week two. They both get wins. The Buck, the Chiefs, with a better win over a better team. Um, than what the Bucks did, but I'm not going to move the Bucks down for their performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I got the Rams moving up here as well. So I got the Rams moving up to number three. Um, they were moving and move them up from number four um, in the preseason. I just obviously they they really they look real good there. Um, and then the team above them. I am. I'm not going to keep them there, you know, um, because of course, going into the season, um, my power rankings looked like the Kansas and from one to five, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, um, the Bucks, the Bills, the Rams, and the Browns. The Bills drop off um, after their bad loss to the Steelers, one of the most surprising games of the week. Um, so the Saints are going to be able to move up there. Then also the Browns at five. If you're at five and you lose. You're going down even if it was a loss to the Chiefs. And I have the Arizona Cardinals running out the list at number five. So power rankings um, from five to one. The Arizona Cardinals, New Orleans Saints, the LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Got the Rams moving up a spot with the Saints and Cardinals getting onto the list. While the Bills and the Browns drop out. Now we're going to take a look. I want to wrap things up kind of here before we get to the Nene of the week, taking a look at what week two of the season has to offer. And I'll give you my bets for these games. Starting us off is going to be the New York Giants and the Washington football team in Washington. I got I got the football team all the way. They should be able to abuse this offense. And, and they can't go down 0-2, especially um, at home. Next game, I got the Raiders and Steelers. And I'll take the Raiders all day on this one. Um, I hate seeing that, especially as a Broncos fan. It feels wrong. It pains me. But, I I mean, I'm just absolutely not swelling the Steelers, even with their win over the Bills. That was that game was a lot more uh, indicative of the Bills playing poorly than the Steelers playing well, in my opinion, there. And also, Big Ben, he's still not a good quarterback. Next game is 49ers and Eagles. And I like the Niners in this one, but the Eagles look great against the Falcons. Obviously, the 49ers aren't the Falcons, even if their head coach was the uh, former offensive coordinator for them. I'll take the uh, Niners on the road in this one. Texans and the Browns. I got the Browns all the way. If the Browns lose to the Texans, 
Oh boy, that would be the most Browns thing to do, but I don't see it happening. Broncos and Jags, I'm taking the Broncos, I'm taking Urban Meyer to take yet another L. You know, he'll start his coaching, uh, uh, head coaching stint with the Jags at 0-2. Saints and, Saints and Panthers, this is actually a really good matchup here. They're in the NFC South. I'll take the Saints. Uh, Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans, or, no, man, Los Angeles Rams and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts had a bit of a disappointing game against the Seahawks, in my opinion. Their defense was not nearly as good as I thought it would be. Um, of course, just week one, we're going off of that. And it was a very good C um, Seattle Seahawks team. When you have Russell Wilson sling the ball to a duo of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, that's ultimately going to be a bit tough to defend there. But I'll take the Rams in this one. I like to see Matt Stafford against a um, possibly a better defense here than what he faced against the Chicago Bears. Next game, Bills and Dolphins. The Bills need to get a bounce back win here on the road. Uh, if they start 0-2, it's going to be real tough there. Dolphins could absorb a loss. They're not really too worried about this one. They'll go 1-1. They're still in solid position there. So, like I said, I'll take the Bills. Patriots and Jets, I'm taking the Patriots all the way. They played a tough game against the Dolphins. And the Jets actually had a really good showing against the Panthers. Um, but it, it wasn't, an, or I, I guess I wouldn't say really good showing, but I guess compared to expectations, it could be seen as a really good showing, but I'll take the Patriots in this one. Bengals and Bears, give me the Bengals all the way, but man, oh, going back to what I was saying about the Chicago Bears, just start, uh, start Justin Fields so we can get Joe Burrow versus Justin Fields, man, and like, that's so much better than Joe Burrow versus Andy Dalton, and no, it's not there. Next game, Falcons and Bucks, another NFC South matchup. I predict the Bucks by Slaughter. The Falcons are going to get ran out of the building in this one. The Vikings and Cardinals, the Vikings played like they did last week. It's going to be over very, very quickly here. I'll take the Cardinals. Titans and Seahawks. Now, this is one of my most interesting matchups of the uh, of the of the week. I'm not really sure how to um to call this one, to be honest, because I still like the Titans as a team. I'm not super sold on the Seahawks this year, but if we're rolling with a hot hand and it's in Seattle, I'll roll with the Seattle Seahawks here, um, but wouldn't be surprised if the Titans win this one. Next one, we got the Cowboys and Chargers. I'll take the Chargers in this one because the Cowboys really don't do well against good defenses. That's what the Chargers have, and I do, I, I'm very excited to see what Justin Herbert can do to that Cowboys secondary unit. Um, now, with the second-to-last game of the week is a Sunday night game. It's going to be a really good one between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. If it's half as good as the one we saw last season, man, we're in for another... We're, we're in for a treat with this one. But I'll take the Chiefs. They um, obviously are the great team. Um, they're probably... They are my best team in the league. And the Ravens come off a tough loss against the Raiders. It's going to be really... I'm not too sold about them. Maybe the injuries have really gotten them and really put them in a crap situation. This is a big prove-it game. Not sure if he'll be able to prove it, though. And we get to finish things off Monday night with the NFC North matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. I'm worried this is going to be a lot closer of a game than it should be if you're a Packers fan. If you're a Packers fan, I would be worried about this. But the Packers should be able to handle it. They should be able to handle it in Lambeau as well. And they really can't afford to lose to the Lions. But ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. It's time to wrap things up. And of course, the best way to wrap things up is with the Nene of the week. And my the war the the winner of this week's Nene of the Week award goes to the Minnesota Vikings. And that's for them getting screwed. I um they'll take uh they probably they got screwed the most by the officials out of any team in week one. They're the most screwed over team of, I mean, of the season so far. I think it's Justin Jefferson, who should have had a touchdown, uh, wasn't called that way. Delvin, and then what we happened in overtime, four minutes ago, the Vikings are on the Bengals 40. They're driving, um, and this is a game where it just takes a score. So they're just trying to get into field goal range at the least. Or, sorry, excuse me, happened two minutes left as well. I, I got that. Happened two minutes left over time. Dalvin Cook runs the ball. He fumbles, but his butt was on the ground. It goes into, uh, it was called the fumble on the field. Goes into replay. Called stands. His butt was clearly touching grass before the ball was out. But they still 
didn't call it that way. That ends up costing the the uh, Vikings that game. The Bengals go down and scoring that subsequent drive. Oh man, Minnesota fans. They're probably one of the least happy fan bases in the league. A lot of really bad things happen uh, to to the Vikings, and uh, tough scene, tough scene for all of you Minnesota fans. Shout out to my, uh, 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 friend of the show Ryan Schilling, uh, one of my the only Vikings fans I know. And oh, damn, I just feel bad for him. That is a tough way to lose a game. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for our week one breakdown here. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's always a blast. I mean, hopefully, um, of course, it wasn't with uh, AK this week, Alexander Kropp, but he'll be making his return, um, kind of like we explained in the preseason uh, or in the NFL season preview. He's um, busy with work because uh, I wish I could do this full time, but ultimately I can. We got to do some jobs that actually pay the bills here, but of course you can help with Patreon, patreon.com slash fourth and long. <laughs> Just a dollar a month. Everything helps. Um, and so he'll be back later in October. I'm going to run the show for things. I'll try to bring some guests here, see what we can do. But of course, really appreciate you listening in, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, we had so much stuff to talk about this week. And I'm sure we're going to have even more stuff to talk about in week two. So can't wait. I can't wait to have you here. Of course, shout out to our Patreon supporters. Our, our best supporter, of course, goes to Ray Rodriguez. He's our top donor and he is our top guy as well. Also, shout out to, huge shout out to Ryan Watson and Neil Wiley. But ladies and gentlemen, man, it's been a pleasure having been able to speak to all of you and hopefully you enjoyed listening a couple things to uh, watch out for of course is our big time interview dropping with uh, mma fighter jared melton local guy out of idaho he's three and oh in second fight he got a door stroke most of ufc fighters can't land that in the fight he goes out there in his second fight of his career and it was a fun one, some really deep stories to talk about. Also, really cool stuff. Really great guy coming live from their gym, the garage, and uh, it's going to be a blast. So keep a lock for there, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to see you in the next one, whether it be NFL, whether it be AFL, whether it be UFC, whether it be our interviews. We got all that good stuff. So stay tuned. Go on. Check out thefourthandlong.com. Check out our socials so you can stay up to date on everything. We'll see you in the next one.